Get ready for a spiral notebook moment. Stories, musings, and reflections from my spiral notebook project, that time I filled a whole notebook a month for an entire year. Each time I bust out my notebooks, I'm going to mine for a piece that relates to one of our themes here on the pod, that the arts are a brilliant tool for healing, that coming full spiral means learning one of life's lessons on an even deeper level, or the fact that we're all connected in this vast spiraling universe. So how do I make a spiral notebook? book moment come full spiral? Well, I'll tell you. I once attended a storytelling workshop and I got the best piece of advice about story. And what it said was that there are three essential questions that you need to ask whenever putting a story together. Those questions are, what's the story about? Number two, what's the story really about? And number three, what's the story really, really about? Asking those questions is how I bring a simple notebook moment full spiral. Please enjoy these stories. And hopefully, in addition to being entertaining, it'll serve as a jumping off point for your creativity. All right, let's turn the page and dig in. Hello, kindred spirits and spinners. I recently embarked upon a whole new spiral notebook project, and it's been revolutionary to my continued healing. And if there's anything I'm sure about, it's that our healing journey is as constant and continuous as a spiral itself. So this new project is called Letters from Love, and it's the daily practice of writing a letter to yourself from unconditional love. This project is the brainchild of one of my absolute favorite mentors, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's probably best known for her book, Eat, Pray, Love, but whose name you might also recognize because I'm a little obsessed with her work and I quote her a lot, like a lot. Liz's beliefs about the creative process, self-love and healing have been a guiding force for me since 2015 when I first cracked open her book, Big Magic. She has this remarkable knack for simplifying like really complex notions into these really easily digestible invitations. And a few weeks into this practice, Liz spelled out that while this is a practice, it isn't the letters from love challenge. The expectations behind the word challenge often lead to self-sabotage, feeling like a failure or worse, self-flagellation. So no, this is not a challenge. What it is, is an invitation. One thing Liz started us off with was the practice of using endearments when we address ourselves in our letters. I had some resistance to this at first. I think most of us did, but it's becoming a little simpler the longer I do it. It's about noticing that resistance to love that we hold in our minds and bodies, and it's also about self-compassion. It's about not pushing and letting everything be okay just as it is right now. It's about loving community, and it's about understanding that we need do nothing in order to be lovable. In this culture? Revolutionary, right? We don't hear that every day. Each letter, each day, we start the same way. Dear love, what would you have me know today? And then we listen and let love speak on the page. I will include a link to her substack and this practice in the show notes so that you can join in if you're inspired to do so. With that, I'll share with you one of my first letters from love. Dear love, what would you have me know today? My little cinnamon toast crunch, you deserve it. You were born with the biggest heart, so tender, so open, so sensitive and vulnerable. 
you began to believe that this was bad or wrong or unwise because you were so deeply wounded. You thought the cause of the hurt was your open heart. So you built an impenetrable persona, loud, obnoxious, untouchable. You wrapped yourself in layers of your own body, and they seemed to hold you together and protect you from intimacy. But you lived in a world of isolation, chemicals, and fear. You loathed yourself and sometimes your very existence for decades. But at last we meet. Staring down 60, I see you, and at last you see me. Please know, little Blossom, none of this was your fault. None of it. Not the brutality, not the protection, not the ways you coped, not the length of time it's taken. There is no fault. There's no black and white. There's only love. And although you weren't taught to know me, I've always been here and I'm so grateful that you've come home. After I've read and reread the letters that I've written, I'm reminded of Hannah Gadsby and her quote, there's nothing stronger than a broken woman who has put herself back together. And I'm reinvigorated. And new insights are revealed to me every week, like I'm old enough to know the difference between my nature and my comfort zone. So if something feels uncomfortable to me, I can run it through that filter. Is this something that I just need to step outside of my comfort zone to do? Or does this go against my very nature? And also, I used to think that love songs were about heteronormative love, and they simply didn't apply to me. But when I got into recovery... I got the perspective that love songs are the voice of my higher power to me, a place of unconditional love. But what's been gifted to me now is that love songs are messages from grown me to little me, from my soul with a capital S. I am my own bridge over troubled water. I've understood this in theory for quite a while, but now I get it on a cellular level. So thanks for listening. Thank you, Liz. And thank you, love. This episode was produced by Boom Arts in Appleton, Wisconsin. Theme music by Helen Avakian. Additional music provided by Beth Kelly. If you liked what you heard today, please rate, review, and most importantly, share Full Spirals. Bring your friends and fam along for the ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Because we really are all in this together. Till next time, take care.